You are listening to Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. I'm your host, Pat Ivey. And I'm your co-host, Mackenzie. And thanks for tuning in to another episode. Culture of accountability is when a lot of your athletes are doing what they're supposed to be doing, when they're supposed to be doing how they're supposed to be doing it. Competence. Do your athletes know what they're supposed to be doing so that they can do what they're supposed to be doing? Are they committed? Will they see it from the start to the finish? Will they complete the task? Are they consistent? Derek Leger Jr. is a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. He is a graduate from Ball High School in Galveston, Texas. He earned his bachelor's degree at Texas Southern University in Health Science. He continued his passion for strength and conditioning at the University of Missouri as a graduate assistant while obtaining his master's degree in education, counseling, and sports psychology. He spent four years at New Mexico State University as an assistant director of sports performance and the director of nutrition and student life wellness. He currently stands as the director of performance at the University of Texas at Tyler. The past 10 years, his interests continue to grow in personal development, finance, investing and money management. He is happily married with four children. Welcome to the show and happy new year, Coach Derek Lejay. Happy new year. Happy new year. Yes, happy new year. And to all of our listeners, a happy new year. Happy new year. How's it going, Coach Lejay? What's going on down there in Texas? Well, it's uh, a little colder than I expected it to be being back in Texas, coming from New Mexico's uh, desert climate. So I'm a little surprised about that. Uh, not too happy. I wanted to be in the tropical weather. It's coming. I'm sure. But we're good. It's coming. I'm sure. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it won't last too long. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you and who you are? Uh, well, I'm a, what we call an island boy. I'm from Galveston, Texas. Um People from the southern region of Texas know where, uh, where that's at, uh, more of a tourist island. But, uh, yeah, just kind of a city boy, um, you know, just enjoying life. And, uh, you know, I have a passion for people. And, you know, as I was getting older, I thought I wanted to be an engineer and, you know, I pursued that route. And it was something that I wasn't uh, very interested in anymore. There's, you know, it looked like it was a lot of work, a lot of numbers, something that I didn't think I was going to enjoy. And. Uh, one of my mentors uh, through high school um, was a male uh, role model who was my strength coach. And uh, I asked him, you know, what is it that he does? And it was something that, you know, I thought it was a degree. He says, no, that's the field, <laughs> strength and conditioning. Um, but he told me what I had to get my degree in and, uh, you know, just went from there. And then, you know, God put me in front of you and the rest is history, man. <laughs> you know, I can still remember where I was when we first spoke on the phone, I, I was at the car wash and it was your the first time we ever talked. And I remember that moment because I talked to a lot of potential graduate assistants and there are a lot of highly qualified coaches and graduate assistants. But there was something different about you. And I remember we had a conversation and you started talking about being independent financially 
and having a plan for that. And for me, I thought that was something that was unique and it was something you were definitely passionate about. And I was very intrigued and obviously um, everyone else on staff thought you were a qualified candidate. So we brought you in as a graduate assistant. So finance is something that since day one, I know you've been very interested in. Oh, yeah. Um, well, actually, just to go back to uh, the phone call, <laughs> I, I tell everybody when uh, I first met you or first talked to you, uh, I remember it to this day very vividly. Um, I was actually driving on the freeway and I saw your name pop up because someone told me to save your number because you were giving me a call. And I knew how important this moment was for me and for my career. Um, all the things that I heard about Mizzou and um, what you guys built there. And uh, so I pulled over onto the uh, the side of the road um, while car- cars were passing me up just to take that phone call because I didn't want to miss it. And, you know, I didn't know if I was going to lose the opportunity. So I remember that vividly um, nervous. So I was really nervous to talk to you. I uh, didn't know what to say. But uh, one of the things I always revert back to uh, with myself, even with this podcast, is just always, you know, speak from the heart, be true, be real. Um, and I think, you know, anybody can respect that. But when it comes to finances, man, I grew up poor, you know, I grew up in the hood as everybody wants to call it, but, um, single parent household, mother worked three jobs just to make ends meet. Um, and you know, my friends were the same way. So that was an environment that we thought was, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. And, um, as I got older, you know, uh, getting around people who look like they had money and, you know, they dress nice and, you know, high school kids driving nice cars. I'm like, you know, why can't I have that? Why don't I have that? You know, what are their, their parents doing differently that, you know, my mom wasn't doing that. I, you know, I felt like, you know, I deserved it. You know, I made good grace, stayed out of trouble, uh, didn't do drugs. And, you know, where I come from, there's two ways out of that city. And, you know, uh, I made it out, you know? And so uh, I always promised myself that, you know, as I continue with my personal development, that, you know, your, your, your life is a sum total of your decisions. Uh, and I refuse to, my, uh, make poor choices and have to live paycheck to paycheck and, you know, borrow from the government, borrow money. You know, the borrower is always slave to the lender, as I say. So, uh, you know, I do my best to make sure that I'm financially independent and, and you know, pay cash for everything. And uh, that's what sparked my my interest in researching, man. I'm self-taught. You know, most people are like, well, how did you learn? Did you go to, I, know, I didn't go to school. I just, you know, I see it on TV. It looked intimidating. And, um, I think it was 18 years old. I saw it and I was like, man, that looks hard. And, you know, I had a fixed mindset about it. And, you know, I didn't have a mother who was educated financially. You know, we grew up in a financially literate home. Um, and I decided to like, just, just look at it, just read about it, see what it's about. And that's when I found out it was the, the single uh, industry by itself to create the most millionaires in America. And I was like, what? And I was like, what? You know, nobody in, in my family, friends, school, nobody told us about that. And, I was like, why isn't anybody talking about this? And so, uh, you know, I started Googling um, terms. I didn't know what, you know, uh, long meant, short meant, uh, bullish and bearish and all this stuff. I was like, what, you know, what does all this stuff mean? And so I literally, that's how I start any athlete that, you know, that's interested. I tell them, man, you know, go go to a, a certain website and go start looking at the terminology. It's like learn, learning a foreign language. You get to another country, you got to learn the language first to understand, you know, how to get around and, it's the same way with the stock market, you know, start simple, keep it simple. And then, you know, I just went from there. Now, you know, it's a, it's a passive income that helps support me and my family. 
I also find it to be a very interesting juxtaposition. I don't know if you recall when you were talking about the engineering, you said it seemed hard and there were a lot of numbers <laughs> and that's how most people think about investing is, or, you know, in the stock market or finance in general is that it's hard. Like you said, it's almost a foreign language. There's so much to learn. Where do I even start and all of that? So someone who, let's say like you were very beginner what's their first step? I know you said to Google, but I mean, now without everything out there on the internet, you know, what's, if you were going to start from scratch today, what's step one? Well, it's, it's the easiest now for anybody because, uh, you know, everybody has access to that information. Um, a lot of it is just willpower. If you, you know, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you're going to find the way. Um, but, uh, most of the thing, most of the references I give is, um, uh, an app on the phone. It's called seeking alpha, and uh, I tell a kid, you know, what's your favorite? Uh, what kind of phone do you have? Most of the time they have Apple. I'm like, all right, go into that uh, that app, go look up Apple. And then they have like just so much information that they publish every single day about, you know, how they're running the company, what's new coming out. Um, why is Apple um, such a, a, you know, luxury brand now and not just a phone company? It's like a customer service now. It's a it's a it's become something like a Walmart, even bigger, you know, it's up there with Google and Microsoft. So I try to get these kids to, uh, you know, I try to get what they like that way they, it sticks a little bit better. And once they see the results of that, and that to me, when you say, you know, engineering and numbers and stock market and numbers, stock market is like a game. You know, I know most people say it's gambling or isn't it considered gambling? Um, Stock market is a calculated risk that you're taking. Gambling is when you got a 50, 50 chance, you know? So I don't like to, and I think penny stocks, you know, if you go into penny stocks sometimes and you're going to something that you just hear somebody say buy, then that's gambling because you're going into something that you haven't done no research on. Um, you're not aware of it. You don't know how they make money. You don't know why they're in the business, um, what sets them apart from other companies. So, uh, you know, I, that's a way I try to get the kids to approach. Like, do your research, read about what you're going to spend your money. And I always kind of told Akeem this, Akeem Robinson, somebody I worked with at Mizzou uh, and in Mexico State. Um, you know, if you had $2,000 and you were going to invest it in a company, and something happened to that company and, it, you know, the stock went down and you lost, you know, $2,000. Uh, would you ever gut that? And he was like, you know, heck no. And I was like, well, then you're not ready to invest because there's ebbs and flows of the market. And when you do your research and the question I asked the kids, I said, do you think this company will be worth more 10 years later than it is now? A lot of times we talk about Apple. I was like, do you think Apple will be more worth than what it is than it is today? Uh, they're like, yeah, of course. I was like, well, then that's investing. That's long-term investing. You know that that company will grow and be more valuable later than it is now. And, you know, that's something you got to understand that you, when you set that money off, you're not going to, you know, you can't be looking for that money. That money has to sit there and let it grow. It's what they call the wealthy people say the compound interest. Absolutely. And our past guest, um, Dr. Star Livey talked about compounding interest and something that struck me about you, Derek, is we had a program called Men for Men, and we did a series on finances. And we split all of our male student athletes up. And we did sort of a 30 minute segments, and they were able to pick and choose which segments they wanted to go to, whether it was bank accounts, investing, learning about debt, and your segment, and you're not a professional at this, but you were knowledgeable. And for us, athletes, you were you were a coach, someone that they respected. And you also knew something about finances and investments. I was shocked at the numbers of student athletes that chose to 
go to your session. We had professionals there, but they chose to come. More athletes chose to come to your session than any of the other sessions. And so that's one of the reasons why I asked you to write a chapter in the book. You know, what are you leaving on the table is for athletes to know, you know, what are those opportunities that they can capitalize on? Can you talk a little bit about your chapter? Yeah, well, um, first off, one of the reason why most people uh, like Warren Buffett, for example, he first started his um, his investing through family and friends. And chances are more likely that people tend to trust people they know because they understand, you know, more maybe their financial situation. And in the financial industry now, they have what they call a fiduciaries versus a financial advisor. And uh, financial advisors are more about, you know, making a commission, whether you lose money or not. So they're going to get paid regardless. Uh, whereas a fiduciary uh, takes uh, your personal uh, interest when they're making uh, changes or making investments with your portfolio. And a lot of that takes them, um, they have to get to know you, you know, they have to know your situation. They want to know, like, how do you think? What makes you tick? Uh, why are you investing? What's your why? What's your purpose behind um, investing money? So uh, that's kind of the difference between the two. And I think that's more, I would say, why a lot of the kids gravitate towards me because I see them every day, uh, day in, day out. Um, they know how I tick. They know my ins and outs of me, who I am as a coach and I'm as a person being married with kids. So they understand that what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I think they know that uh, he's doing it with a purpose. And if he's doing it with a purpose, uh, people see that and they're like, I want to get with that. Teach me how to do that. Um, and that's why I was glad you asked me to write about that chapter. It gave me an opportunity to uh, really sit down and organize my thoughts on how do I start um you know, from point A to point Z or even just point A to B to get the kid or whoever's reading the book to, you know, have some um, fire in their heart to at least initiate the process of learning what investing is. And, you know, essentially just how, how money works, you know, that's what investing is. How does the dollar work? How do you make your dollar work for you? Um, and I think when you grow up in uh, a home where you're financially literate, you, you just, you know what you see, you know, and you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, I thought that maybe I did have to work several jobs just to make ends meet. And uh, as I, you know, sought more information and I started learning, I was like, oh, wow, you know, it's not really what I thought it was. You know, the world's much bigger than just living in Galveston, Texas, or just going to Houston, Texas at times. Um, and that really opened me up and to really express my passion in my chapter. And I think, if, you know, you get the book and you read that, you'll see it and you'll hear it. You'll feel it. Um as you can tell in this podcast, I mean, I love for an athlete to come up and ask, man, coach, I heard you do stocks. Man, what's that about? And I'm like, man, come sit in my office. You got about 10, 15 minutes. And that's my, you know, um, I think you you put me on about this with the whole, you know, elevator pitch of, you know, convince him in 90 seconds. You know, what are you going to say to him that's going to pique their interest and make them stay and start listening? This podcast is sponsored by Sorenex Exercise Equipment. Since 1980, Sorenex has been a family owned business responsible for legendary innovations and training solutions that have changed the face of strength training. Today, Sorenex is the most sought after strength brand for professional teams, colleges, high schools, and military units. During this process of growth, our clients have become an extended family to us, part of our brotherhood, our culture. We want to thank you, our customers, friends, and family for being the foundation on which Sorenex is built. We promise to do our best to continue to serve you with the best strength training equipment and service in the industry.
And so in addition to writing this book for the student athlete and, or sorry, writing, contributing to the book for the student athlete and trying to educate. And I know you said you have a passion for people and helping. So what, how do you incorporate these financial concepts and lessons that you've learned? How do you incorporate those as a coach with your athlete? Or I guess first question is, do you? And then if you do, how so more than just a, you know, one-on-one come sit in my office and let me explain, you know, do you, do you present it to teams? Oh uh, yeah. So one of the, uh, uh, we were at New Mexico state, um, we would take time before the workout and I would do, um, what we call activities. Um, so we kind of do, uh, like a mock, uh, environment of, okay, Hey, you have, I write on a five index cards and I'll write, you know, rent groceries, um, gas, uh, Jordan's, and like an Xbox or PlayStation game, whatever, like, you know, NBA 2K or whatever, Madden or whatever those games they like to play. And so I'll give them these cards or I'll have the card and I'm like, I'll split them up into two groups and I'll let them know your monthly income is say $500. And, you know, obviously I meet the numbers match on the cards just for, you know, simplicity's sake. Um, and I would tell them, you know, you have to pick out of these five or six cards, you have to pick your top three choices and it has to fall within your budget. Which three are you going to pick? And so, you know, you had a, a wide spectrum of, you know, some guys were politically correct and picked, you know, groceries, rent and gas. And then there were some guys who kind of sat there and they thought about it. They're like, wait, if I spend money on my rent and then I have roommates for groceries, I really only got to spend this. And then, um, you know, I catch a ride with somebody. So I don't always have to pay gas. They was like, that's about $75 left in the bank. Right, coach? And I'm like, mm, I said, yeah, that's right. They're like, so that mean I could use that money to buy a game, right? And you know, it it, it it's it's so interesting to see how well they will go to find a way to get something they want. Now, I thought that was a success because they actually took the time to really think that through and kind of essentially budget what they were um their their money that their income versus what their expenses were. And I told them, I said, Oh, that's abs- that's absolutely right. I said, but what if we took that extra $75 and we put it in a money market account or we put it in a CD, which is a certificate of deposit, and it gave you back a certain amount of percent um, per month while you're in college or per year in college? I said, what would that look like for you at the end of four years and you have a possible chance to go to the next level and you don't have to worry about um, kind of going on an IOU for an agency or for an agent to train you or you go to one of those sport complexes and they train you for a certain, you know, thousands of dollars. What if you save some of that money up and you can actually hire somebody that's a little bit more cheaper or you can put down some money towards that training? You don't have to worry about having to sign a contract or having to get drafted in the first three rounds or first two rounds just to get, you know, to pay those agents or that that sport company back. I was like that always. And I tell them this. Remember, anytime you borrow, you're a slave to that lender, no matter what. I said, and no one's going to take care of your money like you would. Now, yes, you have these other people and they are going to, you know, I tell them. They're going to advise you to get a financial advisor. I don't knock that. I said, but when you hire that person, you're hiring them to tell them what to do with your money, to match how you want your money managed, not, hey, here's my money, make me money. You want to know where your money's going and what it's doing. What does that mean? You you want to know what your money's doing and where it is. What does that mean? So, so. When I so recently when I got when I hired my um, fiduciary, 
he's, you know, he tried to kind of sway me like, hey, so you have to understand, you know, right now at the market, we're at all time high. So, you know, in the next couple of years or the next two years, you know, the market might go down. So this is, I was like, look, I was like, you don't even got to explain to me. When the stock market goes down, I don't see it as, oh my God, I'm losing money. What do I do? Hit the panic button. I'm, what I see is there's opportunity. Because what happens is as the stock market goes down, a lot of those companies go quote unquote on sale. That means even if I've bought it at a higher price, I can still buy it down as it goes down for a cheaper price. It brings my dollar cost average down. Therefore, I can have a, a bigger profit once the market goes up. And I told the king this. I said, do you think they invented the stock market for it to go down, to stay down? No, I said they, made, they built it for growth. Yeah, there's going to be uh, years, a couple years, maybe, you know, 10 where it stays down. Those are opportunities as you've been saving money out of your paychecks or whatever you've been doing from, you know, side jobs is to uh, load up because when you load up and uh, I think Warren Buffett said is that when it rains, you don't want to go out with a thimble. You want to go out there with a rain bucket. And that's when you start stacking up on your stocks or whoever it is, whatever company you're, you're in love with. And it's a great company. So the next 10 years when that market goes up, yeah, you may you would have been down maybe 20 percent. Now you're probably up maybe 70, 80 percent now. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get it. That makes total sense. Absolutely. So for so you're a strength and conditioning coach. And how are you and you just answered the question how you share this information with your athletes. Have you found any opposition uh with you talking about things outside of strength and conditioning? Uh, no, I don't, I don't believe, uh, no one's really gave me any pushback. If I did get pushback, it's more about like foreign exchange and foreign exchange, like, which is money. Um, I'm not, I'm not really into that. And I let guys know up front that that's something that, you know, or right now everybody's about the cryptocurrency, um, blockchain and all that. I'm not, I'm too savvy on that. And I let them know that I don't like to fake it till I make it when it comes to money. Cause then it's all, well, you told me to do this and I lost all this money. So I stay away from that cause I'm not knowledgeable of it. Um, do I see it as somewhat of the future? Yes. But right now I'm trying to focus on what I know and stay confident in what I know. Um, and if it's something that I see, there's opportunities I will, but I haven't really gotten any pushback. The only pushback that I would say that I do get is um, the consistency, like the the stay with power guys, you know, they start off and, you know, we're in that, that generation of instant gratification. If, you know, they're not making hundreds of dollars or a couple thousand when they invest and they feel like, Oh, it's not working. Um, so, you know, I pick and choose in terms of, you know, who I keep, you know, following up with, because a lot of times the guys come to me and those are the guys I give answers to. I don't like to chase, um, you know, Hey, how are you doing with this? Hey, how are you doing? I'll ask them, you know, Hey, you still doing your stocks? And if you say, yes, that lets me go, you know, continue on with what, uh, they've been investing, asking questions. I like to ask them questions to see if they really been doing their research, um, and speak using certain words to see if they, you know, they understand how I'm speaking. And uh, that kind of just gives me an evaluation of, okay, he is serious. And that lets me, you know, spend more of my time or invest more of my time one-on-one with these guys. So I got to ask, because you you did the Warren Buffett quote, and we actually just reached the twice as long as the average bull market. So mm -hmm. do you have your rain bucket ready? <laughs> well, I have a, what I call a watch list. And um, I go through this company called uh, Rule One Investing. And they pay, I pay for this service, a monthly service. And they pretty much put all this data out on terms of uh, what they call the sticker price, like what the, the stock or the company is actually worth. And they say you basically want to wait till it goes on sale. And they 
post all that stuff for me. And I have a watch list of companies I like, um, you know, such as you know, NVIDIA, which is a uh, microchip company, Big Lots. My mom likes to shop there. So when those companies, I know that a great company is going to sell, I have them on a watch list and I have an alert that'll let me know when they go on, uh, when they hit a certain price. And then, you know, I'll keep doing my research throughout the process. And, you know, if that, that's a company I want to invest in, I'll buy them. That was actually going to be my next question about, I mean, we're talking to kids now who have always had a device in their hand, always had access to apps and internet and things like that. Um, so what, how much time would you say that you devote to this? Cause I, I think that people are, and you know, young people especially are under the impression that it's pretty much a full-time job if you want to be in the stock market, because you always have to watch it and you always have to research and pay attention to this and that and the other. So how much time, let's say, you know, in a average day or in an average week, you know, how much time are you putting toward this and then kind of compare that to like, I don't want to say how much time it saves you later on, but, you know, kind of it's a, an alternate source of income for you. So without asking you your specific numbers, I kind of want to have you give people the impression of, you know, I might spend X amount of hours on it per week, but it's returning me like 10 times that or you know what I mean? Right. So here's here's a philosophy I go by. Get paid for, for get paid at what you're good at build your wealth on what you have a passion for. And we're following that. I mean, whenever I have time, you know, whether that's going to the bathroom, whether that's, you know, sitting between teams and waiting for a group to come in, um, you know, I'll get alert, but you know, when, with that out, uh, seeking alpha app, it'll send me a you know notification of, Oh, you know, Microsoft is teaming up with such, and I'll just click it. If I think it's interesting, I'll click it and I'll read a couple paragraphs and I'll go, oh, okay, that's cool. And I just like to stay in the know. And you'll be so surprised and shocked that the more you stick with the companies that you're reading about, a lot of it is tied in with politics. And obviously, Trump is the the biggest, um, I would say, proponent of who's exposed that. He says something, he tweets something about us in China that's good. Boom, stock market goes up. And when he says something's not working out, it goes down. It's become so predictable. But, you know, I know about like I knew about 5G, um, the new 5G stuff that's coming out two years ago. Because AT AT&T was putting out um, articles about this is what we're going to be doing. Uh, this is how it's going to make the company grow. And I knew about Disney Plus that just launched, uh, I believe, yesterday because uh, they've been promoting that through their um, through their articles. And you know about this stuff, and it gives you a hedge. It gives you an opportunity to get uh, before the masses get to it. And when they get to it, it makes the stock more valuable and you've gotten in way before them. So you get to be in the know. You get to know what's really going on that most people probably don't know until they see the commercial. And I feel like I have an upper hand and, you know, some kids are coming out and say, hey, coach, what are you talking about? I said, see, I told you. I said, a lot of this stuff is tied into the news, to the politics, your everyday life. I said, but I'm telling y'all, if you just take, and me, I try to say, I, I have to give a number, I'd say 15 minutes a week. 15, 15 minutes a week just to pique your interest and that'll turn into 30 minutes, maybe even an hour. There's times where I'm on there reading articles for an hour because I'm so, man, I didn't even know about this. And well, I wonder if I, you know, what, what is this saying? And I get in early. Can can this happen? You know, so uh, a lot of it's speculation at, at times. Um, but again, like I said, you want to take calculated risk and calculated risk um, takes, you know, uh, research. Coach, where can our listeners find you? Are you do you have a presence on social media? Uh, yeah. So um, I actually have just a personal 
uh, Twitter account. Um, I don't do uh, Instagram or Facebook. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I don't, I'm not very active on there. Uh, but I am active on um, Twitter just because all the stuff that they post uh, financially and with nutrition and, you know, just personal development stuff. Um, but it's uh, Derek Lachey at 24 underscore seven. Seize the day. That's awesome. Happy New Year. We thank you for joining us. We appreciate everything you've done and have a good, good evening. Thank you for having me. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sets and Reps, where we provide the performance edge. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Soranex Exercise Equipment. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. You can find show notes and more at beyondsetsandreps.com. That's B-E-Y-O-N-D-S-E-T-S-A-N-D-R-E-P-S dot com.